Hello, everybody. Welcome again to the ClickCast, the story of a startup trying to fix advertisement. This is the fifth episode, and we are going to talk about privacy in the digital world. So this is actually a super important topic, um, especially for what's been happening recently. Um, many of you would have heard of these articles coming out talking about WhatsApp, the data sharing, and et cetera. And we really wanted to unpack this topic today. It comes to affect over 2 billion people that are WhatsApp users, but even more people because it's, it's going to be a topic for 2021 on how these technologies work um, to make sure that everybody understands that they are positioned right in the center of this topic. So it will affect everybody that's an internet user. Most importantly, it's not just WhatsApp, but it's every big tech companies or even startups from Facebook to Snapchat to whatever else. And on top of that, Europe is releasing more and more laws and regulations about it. So it's very important to be aware of what's going on. Yeah, and, and this is a really complicated topic because a lot of people from a day-to-day -day perspective don't really understand why privacy, data sharing, and all of these topics really go and affect them. Of course, what we end up seeing is some of the more macro events, right? So election interference and a lot of this manipulation of people online and things like that that we see in the social dilemma. These are more macro events that happen but at the same time, it all starts with the little drops of water in the ocean, right? So every little bite, every little piece of data that you do release on the web, um, these have a significance to a much larger picture. Yeah, maybe let's start explaining how they do that, where every drop that we leave in the internet, how those drops are taken and how they use them to uh, either sell this information or just target us in the, in the best way to make a profit. Yeah, I think actually this is a super important part, right? So if you can maybe unpack exactly how it works technically, um, I think that a lot of the listeners will appreciate getting a sense of what is happening here. A lot of the articles don't really talk about the technical side, but they talk about more about whether it's right or wrong and how the big tech companies are gaining from it, which is, of course, an important part of the topic. But I think it's also important for people to understand how does this affect us on a daily basis? So can you maybe just explain a little bit about how data is captured? What does data, really sh data sharing really mean to people? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So it really depends on the platform and every company uses different models and um, almost every time the model is not public. So we tend to guess what, what, how it actually works. But just to give an example, maybe starting from Facebook, um, they can collect data in many, many, many different ways. Um, if we take, a, as an example, the Facebook feed, what, what you like, what are your interests? Uh, and as basic as the likes that you are adding to different pages, to which kind of posts you like, comment, interact with, and this is the baseline of your interest, what you are into. Let's say you're into 
uh, furniture always, and you uh, add a lot of likes to furniture posts, furniture pages and whatnot. This is a start of the profiling, uh, which means you're gonna most probably receive ads about furniture. But if we move from that and we, um, and we see how uh, maybe you land on, e on any commerce that is, and you get there not from Facebook, but from any other entity. If this um, e-commerce actually is using Facebook business ad manager or as an integration with Facebook, there are some pixels and some cookies or to say level, some ways that Facebook is there and has some sort of partnership uh, with this e-commerce. Um, so would, even that you just landed there, that looks like an interest from Facebook. And if you bought something there or if you add something to the cart or whatnot, those are actions that are recorded, that are important, which means that you are most probably gonna receive ads of this e-commerce or similar e-commerce to this one. And e-commerce, I'm talking about whatever they sell, where it is, goods or services. Um, but on the other end, to talk about WhatsApp maybe, uh, as today they finally say that they are actually using WhatsApp data or metadata to to profile us, to send us ads and whatnot. What they do is obviously they can't read the messages we send um, and any other thing we write, but what they can do is they can read metadata, but what is this metadata? Basically through AI, artificial intelligence, what you can do is you can extract embeddings from text, from natural language, and these embeddings, you can imagine it as a mathematical representation of language of whatever you say, which is which can't be translated back from to the actual text that you send, but it kind of represents what you say. Maybe you were talking about football. Um, you can't from the mathematical representation from these embeddings you can't go back to, okay, I say that I'm gonna watch a football game next weekend, but you can understand that in this message, there is an interest in watching football. And from there, this is kind of how they then use the WhatsApp data and metadata. Obviously this is not public and there is no confirmation, but this is one of the most common and uh, valuable uh, hypothesis that there is out there on how they do it. Uh, those are just some of the ways. I don't know if, Arinda, you want to mention some other techniques that are out there, but it really depends on the platform and there are many, many different technologies to, to track data and track people. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I, I, I think it's uh, really difficult to explain or to confirm whether Facebook is capturing this kind of information, but I do agree that it's happening. We see it repeatedly. And then only years later, do they say, actually, yes, we were running tests and we were doing this. 
Um, what they have also confirmed is to be able to capture other metadata, such as the time that you wrote something, um, the people that you wrote it to, the location that you wrote it from, and that sort of information is all captured um, and then stored by Facebook. It's really interesting. So this is not a new phenomenon. This has been going on, generally speaking, since 2016. Um, however, this, let's call it scandal that's been going on is that Facebook basically said, this year, you have to agree to this. This is basically pushed in large part because of the EU regulation changes. And so if you don't agree, you can stop using Facebook, uh, sorry, uh, stop using WhatsApp. And this is a bit more of a scandal because what they're basically saying is we took all of this time to build 2 billion users and now we are more powerful than your opinion. And we are more powerful than many other entities. And this is a conversation that we should maybe have separately, but essentially what's really happening is that level of data, that metadata at the 2 billion marker, or 2 billion number of people this uh, brings really, really intricate insights of people, of behavior, of shopping patterns, and many other things that go to inform the Facebook algorithm. And so this is actually why messaging is so vital to many companies, right? And uh, I think that many people, not only do they not understand what's happening, but even what has been publicly declared is not necessarily the only truth that is out there because we end up finding out more information. I hate being the conspiracy theorist, but we've been proven wrong so many times with all the research and articles that were happened in one moment because many years later, um, we end up finding more things. And so Damiano, maybe what I can also ask you to do is explain if you were to zoom out, right? So now you have all of this metadata, but not just of one person, but also of their contacts um, you have all this information that you've captured. How are you going to use artificial intelligence to get valuable insights of people to be able to get them to shop or target them better? Yeah, first off, as you were saying, we have people, we know their contacts and whatnot. So we already have a graph of uh, connection. Uh, an actual network of people connected with each other. Uh, so we just have, we already have this big chunk of information. Uh, we know people are connected with each other. We know, we don't really know the relationship, but we can understand them. Uh, but on top of that, most importantly, is with this big chunk of metadata, you can really use AI to match group of people that have some interest, different interests. Um, we know, thanks to this metadata, how they are as a person. Not, we can't reproduce that, but we have an understanding. Um, from there, if someone likes something or buys something or has an interest in something, there is a high probability that someone that is a similar person to this person is going to buy this product as well or is going to have interest in whatever this other person are interested in. And AI is super good at this, the so-called recommendation engines. Um, 
but at the same time is even just finding similarities to whatever Facebook is trying to sell or any other provider and trying to sell is just selling ads. Uh, similarly to that uh, and to uh, your metadata without even checking other people similar to you. Um, there are obviously many, many different techniques to do that through AI, but those are just some of the capabilities that there are. And um, this is actually a super important point because the way AI is built is to win, which means it's going to keep going at you with a, almost like a jackhammer, right? With these ads, just to keep showing you slight iterations continuously till they understand what works. And then once they understand what works, they start optimizing based on that and continue to go until it keeps working better and better and better and better. And remember, this is not just you as a subject, but this is two, three, four, five billion people that are connected to the internet to various tech companies like, you know, beyond Facebook, but Google's and as uh, Damiano was mentioning, there's the Snapchats and Twitters and social media platforms, other platforms. And so this is a little bit of how the network works. Um, and its sophistication is only going to become uh, higher and, and more complex. Um, that only just means to the user that it's going to become more and more successful over time. And that's how artificial intelligence is engineered, right? And and so yeah, I, you I think use the I'm, perfect word there. <laughs> yeah, and I'm trying to think actually if we were to talk a little bit about the brand side, right? So of course this impacts users, but then on the brand side, this goes and impacts brands as well, right? So what's happening with, with tech companies is also important and interesting because what they're saying is we have this huge amount of computing power. Now, beyond the computing power, we still hand the key to the different brands that advertise with us. And they've been for many years uh, saying that we take no responsibility or very little responsibility, I should say, to what is being placed out there because brands are the ones that are targeting the different individual users and shoppers. And now what's, end up, when, what's ending up happening is whether the ad is good or not, whether it's successful or not, brands are gonna continue to advertise. But this is a decision that brands have to make because I think the most fundamental aspect is the trust element, right? So when you choose to advertise on Facebook, many, many, many people now know what's going on with Facebook and the WhatsApp conversation. And so the decision to advertise on Facebook or even Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, this goes and impacts the brand because they make this decision to, uh, to correlate their, their reputation with that of Facebook. And the more ad dollars, the more presence that they uh, place on these platforms, the more they become associated with it. And it's hard to say that brands will not be, shall we use the word tainted? by the use of these platforms. And so they really have to start becoming more watchful about it. Um, I don't know, Damiano. And I would say that brands, brand. yeah, I would say that brands are mostly driven by customers and users rather than what Facebook or other ad platforms are doing. So I guess at some point there, there is gonna be a breakpoint 
from the customers and the users, which they just don't wanna uh, see ads anymore. And it's growing and growing the request of more efficient ad blockers and whatnot, because it's getting really, really frustrating to not even just watching random ads, but having being forced to watch ads before starting a YouTube video, starting a Facebook post or anything else. So I think the big point is gonna be with the users. And at that point, brands are, are gonna realize that if even if they do ads and they're willing to do that, they're gonna work less and less and less. They're gonna be less efficient. And that's when maybe they're gonna need another solution, a different solution. Actually, I want to highlight um, the point, by the way, um, the, the yeah. power that users have, right? So when Facebook announced this ultimatum to users saying that if you choose not to agree to the terms of, of data sharing between um, WhatsApp and Facebook, you will be booted off by early February of this year. That means they gave people one month to decide whether they were okay with it or not. And there was a huge backlash from journalists, from users, and maybe even some companies against this kind of, of practice. Now, Facebook has not really turned around and said, we won't do this anymore. They have just delayed it. Um, what they realized was they started churning so many users, sending them to other platforms like Signal and Telegram, that they realized, okay, we, we need to think a little bit about this. We saw this also with regards to some of the algorithms that Instagram was using um, early this year, in which they they did this hard test of, you know, making, for example, hashtags almost completely useless in terms of being able to get discovered. And they, they had to revert back within a week because it just hit everybody so hard. And so this power that users have is sometimes undermined because people think that, oh, well, I'm an individual against a big tech company. But it's really important for you to be both informed, but also know that the action that you take has huge consequences to how brands will um, interact with you. And so it's really important to be not just informed, but at the same time to make sure that the decision and the advocacy that you choose to take is one that is in your own favor. And, and definitely don't accept terms. Unfortunately, terms are, are created in fine print and simplified in such a way that they're not really clearly stated, um, but don't accept terms that you don't agree to. Yeah, especially for the last point, read the terms, even if it's boring and no one does that, but they're important as well. <laughs> um, yeah, as you were saying, in the end, users have the power. They can do tyranny as much as they want, but if us, the users, don't want any of this, it's just not going to work for them. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, let's let's do a quick switch. Actually, let's go over to talk about Click. Um, Click Me, which is the platform that we are we're building right now, it's primarily focused around influencer traffic, but it's actually meant to be the most democratic platform for anyone to be able to monetize their traffic. And what we try and aim to do is to make uh, products shoppable. Right, so we actually increase the shoppability of all of the clothing items that you see on your Instagram posts or stories. And 
And as that technology goes, you can imagine, and, and I'm happy that Damiano is also here as our CTO and head of our AI. Maybe Damiano, you can also walk us through what are we at clickme.doing um, to, to ensure user safety and a more ethical use of data? Um, most importantly, as you say, since we make content shoppable, what we do is content targeting. So we are nothing such as audience targeting. We don't show products based on the preferences of our users, historical data that they had, a prediction from us that they might like this product because they liked something similar in the past. Um, we actually don't track this kind of data. Uh, or at least we don't map the users to their actions. Rather, we map the products to what is similar in a piece of content. Because if a user wants to see what's in a picture, it's an intent that is going on in that moment. Uh, we don't care about the past. And we don't make a prediction. We just show what the users want at that period of time. And in terms of how we handle data, uh, the data that we have is completely anonymous. And we, whatever data that we have about any users, it's for us, it's impossible to trace it back to an actual device or an actual people. So it just raw data that we can use for analytics. And it's data that we don't sell to retarget yourself with products that you're going to buy. Um, when we work with um, brands and other partners, we definitely give them abilities to uh, connect their traffic with our traffic. But we do that in with a pixel that is not a third party cookie pixel, but the, the pixel they're going to install is going to actually be owned by their website. And there are not going to be third party cookies. Um, and they have control. So this is mainly what we do in terms of privacy and data handling. Um, I don't know if you want to add anything business side or in that. But yeah, I think this is most you know, what we do from the tech side. When, when we started launching ClickMe, it was really about a friendly way to go shopping. But we, you know, we always talked about the importance of privacy and online safety. And this was something that we, you and I, have always put at the forefront. And I'm, I'm actually really happy that we've been able to move to these next steps without having to use these predatory practices that are currently the norm, right? So the use of social listening. So that means making sure that we are just a little distance away from you, no matter where you are from the internet, knowing what you're doing, getting a sense of what you're saying, having uh, you know the data about what you're feeling, all of that to me, uh, and I think to the company is just the wrong way to be able to use the internet. And so we really took this philosophy and embedded it between our, our technology, right? So I think more from the business side, but the let's say the non-technical side, the safety of our users, the more modern approach to privacy that is compliant to the needs of our users, that's more important to us. And so we wanted to make sure that as we continue to develop, 
we will always keep that safety, you know, as, as a primary target. Now, I also know that one of the challenges that we will have, because, you know, there are many platforms that are out there, like the Facebooks, that have just such a massive amount of data. Um, while I was doing some research for my doctorate, one of the data points or information that I ended up researching and finding out was that each individual person has approximately 52,000 data points. So you can imagine that as an Excel, that's 52,000 um, columns in your Excel spreadsheet. And every action you take logs different you know, pieces of information. And this is actually from a few years ago, so I can imagine that there's more. And it's not to say that we won't start capturing more and more data, because I think this is a, it's an important part of any tech company. But it is important to say that what data we capture has to be done in, in a way that has, um, you know, some sense of humanity and integrity for, uh, for the user, right? Like we want to make sure, and maybe I'm using a bit too much UN speak here, but we want to make sure that we retain some dignity of the user as they enjoy their online experience rather than going the other way around. And this is something that we lost on the internet over the last 10, 20 years. And I'm hoping, especially with these EU laws coming in, um, you know, discussions that are quite interesting about the breakup of big tech. Uh, I don't know which way they'll go, but I think that the, the, the moral ground here is really to ensure safety. And I, I don't want anybody to forget that, that part. And it's something that is very, very important to us um, on Click. And actually, this is also the reason that ad blockers don't work on us, right? So what we present to you are not ads served based on the personalization as you see on banner ads, or as Damiano was mentioning, those running ads before you watch a YouTube video. The way our products work is that brands tell us this is what we want to do. We want to be able to show our most relevant or similar products. And we, we find people that are shopping and are looking for similar products or related products. And what we do is we go through all of these catalogs, hundreds of thousands of products, and we find the most relevant one. And that's because the user tells us that that's what, what they're looking for in the experience. And so we're not doing ads, right? It's a completely different shopping experience, let's say. Yeah, just to open and close a parenthesis, uh, your explanation of the Excel spreadsheet is actually a perfect explanation of the embeddings that I was talking about earlier. So um, just want to mention this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think is a really top of um, Yeah. Yeah. And, and on top of safety, I think we lost a bit of... Uh, ethical practices along the way. So what we are actually trying to do is to try to be ethical as even if you can define ethics, um, maybe it's time to start thinking about ethics and give some education about ethics and socials and the, in the digital world as well, because we never talk about it. Yeah. Um, actually, maybe as a closing thought, since we have to start wrapping up, I think it's important for any, not just listener, but any user of the internet to really understand what are they comfortable with in terms of the use of their data. Um, so the first piece is, 
every time you interact with something digital, you leave a piece of data. And that part is, let's say, part of your digital DNA. And the more digital DNA you leave out there, the better of an image or understanding companies and, and maybe even individuals have of you. And the more of an understanding you leave behind, you have to start deciding what do you think you're okay with for somebody who understands you to do with that data. And many people don't really spend the time to do that thinking. They spend the time enjoying the internet, which they should, but now because of the evolution of, of tech companies and, and the way data is used in artificial intelligence, it's gonna be important for people to take a position. And after you take a position to take action, when you have been abused on that position, when there are tech companies that continuously do something right or wrong, you should be um, both supportive and then of course, uh, make sure that you choose to stop allowing tech companies to do something. Not choosing that position is actually one of the things that tech companies um, enjoy the most, right? Uh, just blindly accepting the terms and conditions. That is a passive nature that most of us have and it's designed that way for you to have, you know, 45 pages of fine print just so that it's easier for you to just tap the agree button and get what you're looking for. And I'm not saying that you have to read all the terms and conditions every time, but you have to understand how these tech companies are working and that it's been designed for that experience. So you should be more watchful when you're using the internet. And I hate saying this because I would love to have it to, for it to have been evolved into a safer place. But I think we have to be a little bit more careful until the dust settles again from these new EU privacy policies. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Just as you know, uh, just try to understand what safe means and which kind of risk you're willing to take. Then you can really decide whether to accept this kind of terms or understand how to act in the digital world and in the internet. Yeah, I'm, I'm laughing also because, you know, we are talking from two people that are starting a startup as a tech company. Um, so telling people <laughs> to, to take these actions is, is it can be seen as contradictory, but it's not meant to be. It's meant to be, please be watchful of your own online safety. That's all we would like for you to know. Yeah. All right, uh, I think it's time to wrap up. What, uh, what I wanted to mention is next week, uh, we are bringing in a special guest. Uh, his name is Filippo. He's an old childhood friend of mine, but um, an incredible gaming exec and somebody who understands the ad world incredibly well. So um, we're really looking forward to having him because he's not just somebody who understands the technical side, but he's um, really seen a number of different environments that helps us decode what's going on in a number of different spaces. So I'm looking forward to having him there. Uh, we'll, we'll be discussing a lot about what's going on with the ad industry and, and talking a lot about, you know, some, some good practices, some bad practices, and, and I hope that you enjoy that episode as well. But for now, thank you from my side. Um, have a good rest of the week and looking forward to the next episode.